Mr. Snow. After everything you've seen out there in the world, what are the Hunger Games for? Are you, are you coming to the tree? The Hunger Games, they're to punish the districts. Those tributes don't have a choice. Your role is to turn these children into spectacles, not survivors. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Are you seriously? It's showtime. It's the return to Panem, Panem, Panem America. I can Prequel. solve this whole pan pam thing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Thanks. I was I was confused. Um, so you can you can give us some insight on this. It's uh, let's we're talking the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That would fit real well, I feel like, with Rise of the Dawn of the War for mm-hmm. the etc. But we'll leave it at that. Uh, it's the prequel. To a very successful franchise, one of the more successful franchises of the Mad About Movies era, actually, which is how we, I think everybody uh, mm-hmm. refers to That's, this this decade. Yeah, it's the golden era of Hollywood, you know, classic Hollywood, the golden era. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, peak TV era. Yeah. Peak TV mm-hmm. and then Mad About <laughs> Movies era. Yeah. era. It's good. Uh, I'm Brian Gill, joined as always by Kit Garrison and Richard Barton, my lovely co-hosts, boys. Good to uh, good to be here. Good to talk to you guys. Hope you guys had an enjoyable Thanksgiving break and such. Uh, listeners, you as well. And if you're in Canada, hope you had a nice week last week. Um, this has been by a the way, you guys big Thanksgiving guys. Little, Number one holiday for me by by the way. I like uh, yeah. I like I like Thanksgiving. I'm I'm a Christmas guy over overall, but I like Thanksgiving. The thing with Thanksgiving for me that's a little a little much is it's a lot of people it's a lot of gatherings in yeah. a short period of time i feel like for me at least this is not, this may be a little bit unique to me given my job schedule and everything like that but um christmas gatherings and whatnot are are more spread out so like thanksgiving gotcha. week one of the reasons we didn't record last week was i literally had wednesday night off that was it every other night like friday night through the yeah. sunday night after thanksgiving i was I had something every single night and Wednesday nights, usually like my, my prep night for, uh, getting stuff ready for Thanksgiving meals and all that kind of stuff. So, um, super, super slammed. And then Christmas, it's like, it's the same, a number of activities probably and gatherings and whatnot, but it's just, it's spread out over two and a half weeks instead of one week or yeah. whatever. So, but, uh, I dig the concept. You guys have a good, you guys have a good week. Yeah. I don't know where you guys were on Thanksgiving, but I know where you weren't. And that was seeing Wish. <laughs> I saw Wish the day yeah. after Thanksgiving. Oh, so yeah, oh you did. You were one of the one of the ten that saw mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. It had original songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Is so, this yeah. a? Are they tired of getting knocked off on Wish dot com, and this is just their way to combat that? <sighs> is this a, yeah. a T Swift Jets scenario? <laughs> Maybe, man. So you take Google Disney Frozen, you know, and so now you can't find Walt Disney's Frozen Head. So now <laughs> Disney Wish, you ain't finding anything on Wish.com. It's perfect. It's a good Wouldn't strategy, it except them. except it made no money. So I don't know that it's gonna it's gonna happen. But maybe oh, the news fine, is all yeah. that matters. <laughs> yeah, the, we need to do some kind of college course on what is going on with Disney, and this would would yeah. be an amazing movie to dissect why uh over thanksgiving it made 30 million dollars uh it's uh pretty amazing it's a bad year overall for disney um the i believe i saw that the highest grossing movie of 2023 for disney was uh avatar which came out last year so um that's You've you've not done Wait, well. Wait, what? Say that again? Pretty sure. Now, if I'm wrong, you know, somebody can correct us. Avatar 2 has made like 250-ish million dollars this year and I believe that was the highest grossing oh, movie wow. on uh domestically or when we top Yes. Yeah, Cuz yeah, Little yeah. Mermaid did well. So it can't have been maybe it was domestic. I don't know. I'll have to pull And here's the thing. 
James Cameron still owns that. He just licenses or Disney just distributes it. Yeah. It's not even like yeah, a, a true Disney right. production. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. Iger had a big uh, meeting with the shareholders today, so we'll see. But it's going to take a while. It's not going to fix itself overnight for sure. So there's a lot of things that need to be need to be taken care of. We're not talking Wish tonight. We are talking this Hunger Games prequel. Uh, do you guys? Let's let's start here. Do you remember? Do you remember the Hunger Games movies? Do you care about the? Yeah. Is this are they movies you've rewatched? I'll start with you, Kent. Hunger Games Legacy. Go. They are not movies. I have really revisited um, super fun. but I have fond memories of them it's not one that I was expecting or necessarily hoping for another reboot of but here we are sure. I find myself really intrigued by the premise and I think yeah. of all not of all but of a lot of these young adult adaptation franchises this is probably my favorite in terms of the actual world building mm. or the the plot of the Hunker Games uh, themselves. The actual games I, I find pretty interesting. There's not a lot of fantasy element to it, which I enjoy. And maybe they try to cram a little bit too much of that into this to make it fantasy versus just, I don't know, dystopian uh, sci-fi. But I have fond memories of the originals. I, I really liked Jay Loss. For some reason, saw all of those in the theater. I remember <laughs> seeing every single one of those with friends. Well, it was or, the show, right? Yeah, 12. Two, the, the, show. First one, the first one came out in 12, I think. So it was pretty I don't show. think we did the first one. I know we did Catching Fire and, right. and Mocking the, and Jay. Mocking Jay ones, yeah. Yeah, very fond memories of them and Katniss. And like I said a few weeks ago, I think Hutcherson has something. So looking back at that, I think that's a, a, a good a good call. This though, I, I wasn't fond of a the idea of a reboot, mm -hmm. but I got to say this cast is way better than the original cast, in my opinion, as an ensemble. Yeah, you know what's funny? Like I, I yeah, when I I rewatched these uh, maybe the two weeks or so leading up. Um, to this movie because Cooper had never seen him and he was kind of interested in this movie. So we we watched those. By the time you get to... Like, how, do you, how do you like it? It's pretty dark for him, right? Yeah, he didn't really dig the first one. But I was like, look, if you don't like Hatching Fire, that's totally... If, if you're out after that one, then that's totally fine. We don't have to watch Mockingjays. But Hatching yeah. Fire is like a pretty good, like legitimately good action movie in addition yeah. to this kind of entry and he really dug that one and that kind of was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. But yeah. He was a little bummed out by kids killing kids. It's weird. He's kind of yeah. soft. Um, yeah. Get woke. <laughs> yeah. Woke yeah. agenda. Yeah, for sure. Targeting sure. on youth. Doesn't yeah. want kid on kid death. <laughs> but, but, but Kent, by the end of mocking Jay, there was a point where I like turned to Lindsay and I was like, there's like five Oscar winners on screen right now. Like mm. it's, it's, yeah, I did have Hoffman. Yeah, it's it. They get uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, a mother to us all, Mahershala Ali, <laughs> and J Law and Woody are all on screen at one time. You know, wow, that's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty impressive. I think the group, combo of, too in there. of and Jeffrey Wright too. I don't. He doesn't have one. He may get one this year or nomination anyway. But oh, yeah, Jeffrey Wright is great. Yeah, he's he's coming on. Uh, I think the combo of Zegler, Viola Davis, Dinklage, and Schwartzman, mm -hmm. awesome. Just yeah, perfect. Yeah. People, every time they're on screen, they're awesome. I wanted more of them. Wish there was more of them. And mm -hmm. uh, that's probably one of my main complaints. In a two and a half hour movie, way too much love story, <laughs> walking and talking. <laughs> for me, there's so much interesting about this world, the politics of it, the reasoning for it, that I wanted more. Maybe they want to lean more into the kid, mm -hmm. the PG-13 element, like the you know, high school element of the story rather than let's get adults talking and lean, lean into what adults mm -hmm. want to see with this sure. movie. But I think if they did that, if there was an R rated version of this with Dinklage and Viola Davis and everybody, I think it would do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, Isn't the audience for this old now though? Like what hunger games was 2012. That's 11 years ago. So if yeah. you were, 
15 when you saw that. Sure. You're probably wanting an R-rated one. I don't know. They're trying to get a new audience with this. Uh, what is the thinking there? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, Suzanne Collins is a YA author, so the book is YA just as much as this this movie is. Um, so there's, I mean, that may be that may be some of the deal too. Maybe some of it is you want it you want it to fit with the vibe of the other movies because it is a franchise or whatever. Mm. And I kind of I get that too. I'm I'm fine with where it ended up. I I read the book like a couple of weeks ago. I had, I I had initially said I'm not going to because I just I didn't think Suzanne Collins is a particularly good author. I think she's she's fine, um, but I didn't think I didn't think those books were great. I thought they were a great idea and concept and kind of middling execution at times. And and also, you know, my wife was really excited when that book came out. She was like, she can't read, wait to read it and got it on Audible immediately and all this. And I was like, I just, I don't really need the sob story on why a terrible child murdering dictator became a child murdering dictator. Like that's just <laughs> not of any interest to me. I don't really understand what the value of this concept is. And she kept being like, it's not really that. Like, if you read it, you'd understand. I was like, ah, I don't really. But, but I did go ahead and read it a couple of weeks ago because I was out of Audible credits. And I was just like, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll check this out. And she's right. Like, it did. The book does a good job. And you kind of see it in the movie here. And we'll get into it here in a second. But it's not just a sob story about why this guy turns into a terrible child murdering dictator. It's more about uh, he was probably always kind of a bad person the whole time yeah. and you just kind of see that come out more and more throughout the course of the book. I don't know if it successfully translates that on screen, but that was a charming actor. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. I mean, like, sure. And to his credit. Yeah. It's like that guy did a Like, I don't know if he did a good job. But yeah. He was good. He so was this was one guy. of my, and then I want to get your general thoughts overall, Arby, and we'll go from there. One of my concerns coming into this movie was the portions of the book where, you do get a glimpse into this person just kind of sucks. Yes, he's had a rough childhood, but who hasn't? And he sucks. He's a, he's a bad person. Most of that stuff, those hints at those things at, at the turn of what's going to come are like internal monologue kind of moments. And yeah. him being yeah. like, like there's a moment in the book where he like expresses inter like internally he's thinking and kind of rolling it out his eyes at like music in general. Like he's just like, Ugh, when are they going to stop playing music and things like that? And it's like, right. But like you're quote unquote in love with the person whose entire life is music. So that's probably not going to go great. You know, things like that. Um, that stuff, a lot of it is, is like I said, internal monologue or sort of subtly hinted at more than just outright here are things that he is saying and doing and whatnot. And instead the movie ends up relying on, kind of like, well, he murdered that one kid who was trying to to stab him in the arena and things like that. So I don't know. I don't know how successful they were at at conveying that. And that was that was kind of a concern I had coming in. Uh that maybe the book readers of the book would have a little more context to kind of contextualize um why this person was why Snow is a bad person from the jump, not just he turns into that. And I don't think any of us are like I said, I don't think any of us are uber interested anymore if we ever were in origin stories of how terrible people became terrible people. It's just not really super high on my list of what I want in in a prequel. Uh, the the Star Wars prequel. As George treatment. Lucas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right. Um, okay. Well, you're um, like uh, Darth Vader. Now you get to see him be a little kid. <laughs> yes, that's how it happened. Um Richard, general thoughts mm -hmm. on Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes or something. Well, originally, I remember going to see these, at least a couple of them, because they are of the, whatever, hundreds of movies that we have seen in theaters for this uh, silly little show. I think two of the seven my wife has joined me on were these. <laughs> it's like this, Gone Girl, a couple others maybe. But so I thought, yeah, I've seen these. Cool. I know this world, whatever. And then I'm reminded of when I was in college. Uh, because of my schedule, I had to take for foreign language credit just because how it worked out with wanting to graduate on time and stuff. I took uh, ASL mm -hmm. and uh, we had to memorize these kind of speeches in ASL. To they were like quarterly, you know, to, to as we went through the each semester, like once a month, you'd have to do like started off with 30 seconds. By the end of the fourth semester, you're doing like 10 minutes of and I would 
basically write a speech and then look up the signs for it and memorize it like a dance, right? Mm -hmm. And within 30 seconds of walking out of that classroom doing it, it was out of my brain. Like I didn't know it at all. I I don't speak ASL. You could... You could spell my name in ASL and I wouldn't remember that. That's no insult. I think ASL is an awesome, really interesting thing. But for some reason, it did not stick. I could learn it. I made A's and did fine for the test and it was immediately gone. And I, I, I have not felt that feeling until I watched this and I didn't remember any. I was so lost. I mean, not lost. The movie exists on its own and you go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's oh, okay. I agree, Richard. That's right. I, I, that's the I, president I felt guy. so lost uh, yeah, I watching like, this. Yeah, I Like halfway through, you're like, oh, that's This is that super is. dense. Like the world yeah. is so dense. Uh, and that's, it shouldn't be that way because it feels very simple on the surface. I don't know if that's a compliment or a insult to this movie that it feels like I need to, when I left this, I was like, I need to go do, I need to go read all the books to basically understand the context of what I just saw. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I was a little confused. I mean, not confused. Still totally fine linear plot that makes sense. But like a lot of things they're referencing, I'm sure I missed some stuff, but I had to really think through and then like deep dive Wikipedia when I came out and go, oh yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's right. Donald Sutherland is in those. Yeah, right. that's right. That's yeah. I hated that guy. You know like right, that. It like right. came back in a weird wave that did not come back as I was watching the theater, which is my fault. That's not a critique of the movie. All right, confession alert. When we talk about this movie, I don't like Rachel Ziegler. <laughs> Sorry, man. Half the Discord's gonna be real upset at you, but that's fine. You already did your check in for this quarter. Yeah. So I said sup, and I one, one, one at least earlier. one third of this that. podcast too. Right. Right. I know we're not, we're not on speaking. No, terms I think probably two thirds. Right? You guys are team. Don't don't get it. I don't know if Brian is totally. uh, currently, but I like her a lot. I do. Yeah, I, I think don't she's think a she's a movie star. I do. Um, I think that she is. A, I love her voice. I liked her voice less in this than West Side Story because she's doing the the kind of you know Southern accent, I guess, sort of, which is not quite right on her. But that's fine. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not Bill Simmonsing about. A Boston accent that doesn't. I feel like that's ultra. Yeah, loser he's mentality. doing it totally. Do it wrong. It's more like yeah, what did that? So yeah, so but on the whole, I I actually not to I'm not arguing with you, Brian, but like I found uh, the kind of origin of all of this, and not so much the origin of the character. I didn't like you know that's mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. Anakin-y, but like the origin of how it all played out and what the situation was that ro- that caused that rise in him to be interesting. I found that I found, I did find it interesting. It made me want to watch the other ones again. It really mm. did. So it served that purpose. Sure. And I haven't yet and I probably won't, but it may, I want to, and that's what, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> that's the important thing here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's their, that's their call to action. Um, <laughs> but I didn't find her as a compelling sort of muse for him or, or, or foe for him and everything kind of presents, but, Mm-hmm. But I did. I I found him. I found that actor, Tom Blythe. As I say, Blythe. Blythe yeah, Blythe. I think so. Yeah. Oh, you're all in. Like him. That's a tough yeah, he character. Good. I thought he did. He did it almost too charming. Like I said, maybe he didn't actually execute the assignment because Sutherland's so hateable in that role. And I found him a, li- a little more endearing. And I think that's kind of the point. But mm-hmm. but I like him a lot. I I, I will. I mean, we have kind of a. a a glut of creepy looking dudes <laughs> like in a world of Dane to hand. Do we need this guy? But I don't know, <laughs> but maybe we do, you know, but he is, he was very goodness and charming and creepy. And, and uh, I hadn't thought of Dane to hand in a long time. And then I was watching that, that, uh, the GameStop movie last oh, week, yeah. uh, dumb money. And he, he, he's like the ninth build actor in that. He popped no up. Idea. He was an Oppenheimer. Oh. We talked about him in Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. He, that's right. I forgot. I forgot he was part of. So maybe this is his lot in life for me personally. Is that every six to eighteen months he'll pop up in a movie and be like, "Oh, right, that guy." Oh, okay, all right, and just move. Go back to not remembering him anymore. Uh, yeah. To your point, Kent, I think the thing that this this um, these movies, these books have going for them more than anything else, in my opinion. Is just the world. I think the world's interesting. Yeah, and, same. And kind of fun. Totally. Setting aside kids killing kids, um, there's a lot of interesting 
bits in here and like how we got to all these things and the development. That was the part of the book that I found the most interesting yeah. was it's the, like a realistic post-apocalyptic thing with for sure Ken's point, without a whole lot of fantasy or anything, but yes. it kind of scratches the fantasy itch in a weird way mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because of how like bare bones they have to get back to fight back. But it, it right. isn't that it doesn't, you can require, strip out no, all of the, there's no orc, right? All the sure. attempted magic in this of the mocking jays and, and, you know, basically the mythology of this mm-hmm. and just at the surface of the class dynamic yeah. is great and can be anything they want it to be. I don't know why sure. that has to lean so far into the uh, kind of whimsical nature of this. It's, tr- it's trying to be too much to be Harry Potter or something like that. It doesn't have to be. It can be its own thing or Twilight. Yeah, I would. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see the Harry Potter connection at all because there's no magic here, like at all. It's all no. technology. So that you know, but but yes, yeah, like Maze Runner and um, on down the line of like Divergent, even that kind of try, like Harry Potter in a lot of ways. Harry Potter and then Twilight kind of brought YA into the mainstream in a lot of ways, or or made it a huge, uh, a much more successful thing, and then. I think a lot more of the books that came after were closer tied to Twilight and then Hunger Games than they were to Harry Potter. There's plenty of Harry Potter knockoffs, don't get me wrong, but um yeah. Twilight but, for sure. Yeah, but there's way I think there's way more It's like you can see the evolution from Harry Potter to Twilight to this. Sure. Yeah, okay. I I I I can see that. I like the mix of of like kind of old technology with new technology. That's always a thing I I dig yeah. in science fiction. Um and fantasy when fantasy wants to touch on that. I, I hate steampunk and this steers, I think pr- does a pretty good job of like kind of there's like steampunk elements, but it doesn't really lean into it. It's more in this because it's older, like, right? It didn't, I didn't feel like that in the, the yeah. late, the later hunger games felt futuristic. This feels more. Yeah. Right. Steampunky. Right. So this is like 65 years before yeah. the first hunger games movie. So, um, yeah, that kind of, like when you get those shots of the Capitol and you see kind of stylistically speaking, older looking cars and um, some of the the uh, fashion and whatnot. I think I like that. I always like when I always enjoy the bit of old has become new and this is kind of the 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 trend on all these things uh, technologically and fashion, all that kind of stuff. This thing is pretty cool. So I love the world. I think the world's really interesting and there's a lot that can be done here. Um, and it, it's pretty relatively open to, which is cool. Uh, and I, I dig all of that. I really like Rachel Ziegler. I like her in this role too. I like her, like I said, more in, in West side story, but I'm, I don't know. Can't you, I think you have the highest stock. This movie was more challenging on her instrument. I saw her said that and I was just like, yeah, she, um, I I saw that she turned this down and they kind of came after her a few more times. She ended up doing it. I wonder why she initially turned this down. Cause it seemed, I, I know she attempted to get on the franchise train with Shazam and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I liked her way more than this. This seems way more suiting of showing off her talents than Shazam would in terms of the songs and the acting and the age group it's going after all that kind of stuff. Fan base it's going after. I mean, this is a girl who's done what two movies. And aside from that, she her, the last thing she had done was her senior play production of Shrek the Musical. Like she has <laughs> right. no experience and is uh, only going to get better. I think she's yeah a real legitimately good actress. Like I thought a lot of the scenes of uh, just the way she was mistreated. I thought she handled that like a professional actress did it, and. Not to mention, guys, I think her voice is mm-hmm. uh, heavenly, like just like, uh, you know, God himself kind of had a hand in the vocal cord process <laughs> right. kind of things. I mean, it's a combination perfect. of Fergie and Jesus, you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it, right. her voice sounds so much like Olivia Rodrigo, and I didn't realize it until this movie. And it's funny because Olivia does the, what, soundtrack theme song to this movie. She does, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, their voices are very similar. And Olivia, like you guys know, I think she's got a mm-hmm. a one of a kind voice too. 
So yeah. you, you stack all that and then, yeah, the, the years, if she gets the right material, I mean, she did work with Spielberg, but I feel like mm-hmm. if, if there's a director who can utilize her singing ability and just with a little bit of acting, I think she's going to, she's going to have a really strong career. And, yeah. um, this is, uh, just a, you know, step in the right direction. I'm surprised that this made as made as much as it has, because I think didn't know if people wanted another Hunger Games movie. And I thought the Rachel Zegler backlash was going to affect it way more than it has. And I'm happy to know that there might not be as much backlash as we thought with her and Mm. the Snow White fan backlash and all that. That will be interesting to see what comes with that. We'll see. Disney can trigger people in weird ways. Both sides, right? Right. Yeah, that that, that could be- It can, but they were coming after her. What she was saying about, oh, here's what the movie is. They were coming directly at her. (laughs) Yeah. I just think that's online. You know what I mean? Like that's. I'm glad glad it is. I'm glad this movie made made money and Rachel Zegler can have a career. Because if this had tanked, they would have pointed to that. Like, oh, well- Zegler is tainted, you know, don't cast her mm. in your movie because the bro online bros don't like her and they'll make sure everything sure. she does fails, you know? So, yeah, no, I think she's very good. She's very good in this. I, I love, I'm with you on, on the singing, especially cause she's an incredible, incredible singer. I just don't think she's a movie star in the terms of, and that's fine because there are not any movie stars. So none that are under the age of 70, you know? So, um, I'm not sure you put her face on a poster and it brings people to the theater and that's okay. I don't, I, mean, I don't think it's an insult to I mean, She had been in La La Land. I mean, come on. Yeah. But no, I don't think anybody goes to see that movie for her. Honest, not I mean, for some her. do, but, but not like not mass audiences. I think, pe- yeah. I think this is proof that people will go see is still just, it's the property. This was a property win for the studio more than, than the faces and on, on the poster. Yeah. And again, that's, that's fine because, Especially if you're a studio, you'll take any one you can get. And but also this, you know, it made it's made a hundred million in two weeks, basically. I mean, that's that's not gonna get Hollywood excited. I mean, it's a big win as compared to a lot of the other movies that we've seen in twenty twenty three. But I mean, if you go back and you look at the box office for these these first series of movies, this is by far the the lowest of, of the four of the five, excuse me. So um but that's, you know, that's how much of that is the movie? How much of that is just like, this is the it's reality. The time. It's the reality. I mean, this movie's already made what a hundred million dollars more than it costs. It costs a hundred. It's made 200. Yeah, that's a win. win in 2023. Yeah. Already. It, it, it is. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. It's, it's, it's just, it's not like a salt or a salve for the industry. You know, well, that's, speaking that's of all that, I'm saying. Uh, why was this two and a half hours? Why didn't they split this into two? They must have thought this wasn't going to make money or were scared it wasn't going to make money because there's clearly enough material here and in the book for two movies. It felt crammed. It, to me, it should have ended sure. when Snow gets kind of exiled for cheating. You could have a whole other movie of him kind of in the wilderness and doing that whole bit and, you know, delusions, yeah. all that. Could It could have been a whole other, another thing. I think the main reason they didn't do that is because it was such a huge mistake with the last one. And, and Francis Lawrence, the director has, has said as much through the course of this like press tour of like, if I was making mocking J today, I would never in a million years cut it into two movies. That was a huge, that was a mistake. They made a lot of money out of that two movies. But, um, if you, you know, having watched those last week or whatever, it's one movie. <laughs> it's one movie yeah. that's been cut into two parts. Yep. You were definitely right, Ken. And I felt that I watched or reading the book, I was like, this is a, this might be much, much more geared to a, a two part book than, or excuse me, a two part movie than Mockingjay was. So it is a little bit surprising maybe that they didn't go that route. Um, Cause it does feel like two like distinct, like reading the book, the Hunger Games ends and I'm like, geez, I got like eight, hours left or six hours left on this thing like what are we doing for the next six hours okay well here we go um it's a whole nother story that that comes into play at that point um so you're right yeah i I think it could have it could have been two movies um pretty easily but i think that's just a direct result of the last time was a mistake so 
I'm with you, Richard. I thought I thought Tom Blythe was really good. I didn't love the Slim Shady look at the end. <laughs> that that was the part that kind of lost me just a little bit, just on the look. He started to look a little maybe intentionally is looking a little smarmy, but also was just kind of looking like, I don't know, this does this guy turns into the dictator? I'm not really sure that I that I totally buy that. But that's just kind of, that's more of a look aesthetic thing than anything else. Performance wise, I thought he was very good. And the two of them I thought had it wasn't like perfect chemistry, but I, in some ways I feel like that's appropriate for this movie because it's not a, it's not a situation where you would develop great chemistry, right? Like it, I think it fits in that fits with the dynamic of these two characters on screen and the way that they meet and come together and sort of first form an alliance before anything else, um, and how that would potentially not necessarily translate to some great romance or whatever, uh, chemistry wise. I, I, I didn't, that wasn't a knock to me. It was like kind of a, yeah, that's fine. That fits. It fits with what we're, what we're doing here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What else? Viola Davis, always a treat. Kind of weird to see her play like a full-on really, really bad villain, not like the Amanda Waller villain in in the, the Suicide Squad movies. She was really effectively creepy and eccentric and and uh i i always love she's one of my favorites always love viola davis what'd you think uh, of her turn here richard really really good and and insane in a good way like they pulled Mm -hmm. it off high tightrope here but yeah for sure she was great kent you mentioned schwartzman dinklage this whole this whole like very well-rounded respected good acting cast um what sticks out to you with this supporting cast here with these guys and what what makes the Schwartzman Schwartzman was super interesting, super fun, entertaining. It's like sobering watching him do this routine while again, literally children are dying right yeah. on the screens in front of them and stuff, but it's kind of surreal and, and sobering, but he's great in the role and, uh, and on down the list, what sticks out to you? I mean, the entire dynamic of the hunger get the point of it, or the, at least the point from the creator's standpoint. And, and in this version of, Oh, we really want to play up the ratings. So we're going to be judging on <laughs> popularity and ratings more than we are on who actually wins the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and so them having to broadcast that is, is very creepy. I wouldn't have thought that Schwartzman and Stanley Tucci could play off each other so well, but there it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought Schwartzman was, was perfectly cast and, each iteration of what he brought was was excellent. Couldn't have asked for more uh, from the supporting cast. And uh, I mean, Dinklage was great. It's, that, that seemed like a perfect, almost written for him. Didn't the, didn't she write this book a few years ago? Yeah, <laughs> she write yeah. this book with like, oh, we're going to cast Peter Dinklage in this role. It seems like a, almost like all the dialogue and everything seems like perfect for. Dinklage mm. and what he that almost that Shakespearean kind of delivery that sure. he brings. Dinklage is great. Um is. I was pumped when I saw that the, the, when I again when I read this book and was like, oh, that's the Dinklage character. Okay, that's gonna be because you're right, Ken. Like it does feel like it was written for him. He to me is his character is one of the the great misses of this book. And then that a little bit in the in the movie, it's there's a lot of depth there and it kind of gets it's not even the B story. It's kind of like the the C or D story within the book. I wish that it had been fleshed out more. And then that kind of comes to fruition again um, in the movie. It's like two lines of dialogue to be like, oh, by the way, I was your your father's best friend. And he he ruined my life with these things. Um, I think that could have been. I wish that would for all the time that we spent uh, in the theater on this thing, you know, because it is it's yeah. a very long movie. Um, I wish we could have had a little more time spent on that character, just kind of fleshing out what's going on there. Cause I think there's some, 
I think there was some good story elements there and they just, they didn't really get to the screen, but they're also not super on the page either. So, um, that, that's part of the, part of the deal. Um, let's see. We talked about the world. The world's really good. Dig that. Enjoy that, that segment. I don't know what future plans are for this thing as far as world building goes, um, or, you know, future movies and whatnot. At this point, it doesn't sound like she has, any plans for another book. And I don't know if she has total control to where right. they're not going to make any more movies. Until they can't pat a center. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have no idea. I don't know where that stands. I would imagine the studio is like, Hey, we'd like to do more with this. Uh, but I think she's an executive producer of this. And the last one was written with the full intention of this is going to be a movie, but didn't all of the book, isn't all of it in this movie? Like what, what else is there? Yeah. She's going to have to write another book to do another movie unless they branch it off on right. their own, make it a TV show. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could easily do, I mean, if you're a studio, I'm not saying these are good ideas. I'm just saying, here's a studio idea. You're like, uh, this was the 10th hunger games. We've seen the 74th and 75th hunger games. There's a whole lot of hunger games we could get into. Wouldn't you know, that be great TV show if each season games. was, one of the years of the Hunger Games. I mean, I th- sign me up for that. Yeah. I mean, very quickly you would get into what we're running into with all of these other series and franchises and, and cinematic universes. Of well, we- just say we're not okay. doing movies. This is going to be the Hunger Games on HBO. Or sure. Whatever it is. And that'll, that'll work for a year or two. You know, yeah. And then eventually it will dilute the product. And But I'm shocked that, that this... So that leads me to believe that maybe she has some kind of control over what gets made and what doesn't as far as spinoffs or other ideas um, that get done within this world. Because it is a really interesting world. And I, again, I think that's the best part of her of her writing. It's it's She did a good job of creating a cool environment, an interesting environment and world um, that just happens to also involve children killing children. Um, that she might have ripped off from Battle Royale, from whatever Battle Royale, yeah, yeah, um, which is a yeah, bring that up as well. So we're fully in spoilers at this point. Um, did the arena itself live up to your expectations? Given that it is again, it's like sixty-five years before the Hunger Games movies that we know. Um, how did that arena element work for you, Kent? Was it, did it, are we, uh, obviously you're getting a lot of like, hey, this is the first time we've done some of these things, the betting, the um, delivering of gifts and all the patrons and that kind of thing. But yeah, how did you feel on the action element of this thing? Uh, I'm kind of leaning more towards the old style. Like I said, the sure. more futuristic, uh, almost squid game. <laughs> style of uh, arena than this. This felt just more like, oh, let's put him in a cage and throw some knives in there and bet and maybe bet on it. Yeah, they didn't even come up with that until <laughs> a little bit later in the movie. But yeah, I'm I'm more for the evolved version of the Hunger Games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you too. I mean. I think part of that is just how much of this is not even really about the the arena and the Hunger Games itself as much as it is the development of the Hunger Games and what it means and then obviously this character and what he will become future in the future. Um I did like the kind of the little notes of like uh seeing where this will go and how what it will become over the next 60 plus years with like the betting and the the patronage and the it turning into, I mean, they kind of hint at this used to be like a 24 to 36 hour event. And now it's weeks or days and, and mm-hmm. potentially weeks long and stuff like that. That's a, that's a cool um, little, little thing, like a little tease of like, okay, here's where we're going to move forward in the movies and books that, that we, we know already. Uh, so it was a cool, it was an interesting concept to see how that all comes through. I thought the snake scene was really good, yeah. really creepy. Um, Richard, anything from the arena that sticks out as a, as a pro or con here? I could have used more of it. I I thought, I mean, it's hard to say you want more in a U.S. <laughs> um, on a, on a, on a two and a half hour movie, but I could have used more of that and less of the like loot playing romanticism. Like, Cause you know, that's why I'm mm-hmm. there in a movie theater, but sure. yeah, no, 
but it, the stuff that worked was great. I mean, I thought I actually thought the action was pretty pretty cool and not mm-hmm. too, you know, these kind of movies always worry me that like it'll have that cheap like tier two effects piece, and it didn't really to me. I thought it actually felt well produced. Yeah, I agree. I think the production value at least feels a lot of like practical stuff, but you don't feel mm-hmm. the. I mean, in my opinion, this is so much more than what they're doing with Fantastic Beasts. Like, this is way more entertaining to me yeah. than that. Big agree. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so funny because I th- I think that the again I I think that the Harry Potter books are so well written as compared to these books that I, I don't i don't think they're that they're that well done but the you're exactly right can't like man those those fantastic beast movies are so uninspired and kind of lame um and the film installments of this series for the most part have been been pretty solid mm-hmm. and there there is a lot that can be done here i think within this uh with this concept within this world for sure yeah that's a that's a good point um all right so in the, the back third of the movie if not more is it all takes place in district 12 and it's 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 snow and and his uh his sort of romance and like signs of 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 things to come um how does that segment of the movie work for you i'll go to you first richard and we'll get into like yeah. i want i have one more thing i want to talk about i don't know if you guys have other other notes to bring up but How's that back third work for you once you get to District 12? Yeah, I mean, it works well. To your point that you said earlier, like it it establishes pretty early on that like I have, what's <laughs> up, girl? I got them fascist tendencies. What's happening? <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's not he doesn't take like a drastic leap. Uh, right. It is funny. There's like the exact kind of same <laughs> scene in the f- field as, is it clones or- yeah. Yeah, uh, where they're like Attack of the Clones. Yeah, where yeah. she realizes that this handsome blonde boy you know, has got some <laughs> uh controversial <laughs> political some problematic tendencies. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're like in the exact same setting. I'm gonna take Sarah. He also does not enjoy sand, yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take Sarah there in a Man, couple of weeks. I did not realize that. That's so true. Um so uh she'll she'll find out about my I got a few hot takes. Um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, but I thought that pays off pretty well and it makes him, he, yeah, he did a good job of, of telling that story as an actor and, and, and the writing does a good job too of you kind of get there pretty organically by the time we're getting there to, to district 12, um, he's pretty heinous and, and, and then you go, wow, this guy's going to just keep getting more and more heinous over the next 50 <laughs> years, isn't he? All right, let's ride. Sure. <laughs> and he's going to give us Kiefer. So that's cool. right. <laughs> could we not have focused on, I, I mean, she writes what she wants to write about, but could we not have focused on like Katniss's family history or the protagonist's like backstory? I got to be honest with you. I'm the opposite on that. I'm glad that it was, that it didn't get Skywalkered where everything has to fit within the Skywalker saga or the, the Everdeen saga. I, I was nervous reading the book that there was going to be some stupid kind of forced and here's the catness of it all. And really all it is is it turns out that she's named after a swamp potato or something. Yeah, um, same. And I was glad for that. And I, I, then after reading the book, I was like, they're definitely going to do it in the movie, right? They're going to do some kind of a, some direct correlation, weird thing. Like, by the way, Lucy Gray's her great grandmother or something like that. And I'm I'm thankful that we did not get that personally. I I don't need the Ray connection to Palpatine slash Skywalker or whatever else right. kind of bit personally. Um, I that's a lesson learned I think uh, for me anyway. Um, can't any? How'd you feel in the in in District Twelve? We with the way that that all turns out with Snow and Lucy Gray. Yeah, I. Agree. I wish that would have been the second movie. <laughs> I, I, I was so tired at that point. And um, <laughs> I'm with you. You know where it's going. And then once it gets there, it's like, oh, God. I remember looking down at like the trial scene where he's getting sentenced to District 12. And it was like another mm-hmm. hour left. I was like, oh, man. God. Yeah. This really, I mean, 20 more minutes and you got another movie. I mean, he could have stretched it a little further. A couple deleted scenes. Boom. Uh, but, but there you are. Yeah. It, 
I do. Uh, like I, I agree with you. The Slim Shady side of it was uh, was was pretty funny, but it made me want to watch that uh, Billy the Kid show that he's in. Yeah, that's like his only credit, really. Yeah. Um, and I've I've seen ads for it, but I've never I've never seen the show. Um, is, yeah, he's very good. Isn't he's very, Jeremy Allen White about to play him in a movie or something? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. The bear kid, kid yeah. from the bear. Yeah. God, the bear's so good. Um, yeah, that's a. I, to be honest, I was knowing Ziggler and and knowing again. While I don't think she's necessarily a movie star, I think she is very very good. And then not really knowing anything about this guy, I kind of worried that she was gonna gonna just completely eat him up, and and he wouldn't have anything on screen that works, or he just feels overshadowed or whatever. But I didn't. I th- I thought more than held his own. I thought he was very good and gives you a really good taste of like, yeah, this guy, again, he becomes, you kind of see, obviously you see the behaviors and the, the, uh, the tendencies and all that sort of stuff, but you also get a good glimpse into like, you really can't become this level of dictator without some kind of charisma and appeal and whatnot. Um, especially, you know, kind of as it starts, you can't just come out of the gate being like, let's kill kids. You know, um, you gotta, you gotta work that in later. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it did a very. I think I think he fulfilled that really well. And did a, did a great job of it. Um, it's Barry. One of my Barry major Keoghan, not uh, <laughs> is playing Billy yeah. the Kid. No, I would never like, trust Barry Keoghan or Keegan Keegan. Probably, uh, I would never trust him. This guy, this guy might fool me. I don't know. Lindsay loves to watch cult shows. I don't know if you guys know this. Like any three part Netflix special on a yeah, cult. Yeah. Lindsay's like, that's Same. our next show. Same. That's what we're yeah. watching. Um, Love and 95% of the time, just like, these are the stupidest people in the world. Yeah. There's no way anyone should fall for this, this freak show. And then every once in a while, one of the ones we watch, I'm like, I kind of get it. I understand why these people fell for this. Like, this guy's really charismatic. I understand. This one, this guy has it a little bit. You could, this, this character, you can kind of see how this becomes great, what great it point. becomes. Yep, for sure. Which is cool. That's a you know that could have been that the whole yeah, thing misses. Anakin I think not, if that right? character yeah. doesn't feel that right, right. Last thing for me, this is really more a criticism of the book than the movie. Although the movie just does the exact same thing, I felt like the twist at the end, where it goes from not only are we so in love, we are so in love that I'm going to yeah. leave all this behind and move to Canada or something with you, and then he finds the guns and one second later he tries to murder her. Like it is yeah. the quickest switch of a, of a flip, a flip of a switch, excuse me, ever. Um, and it kind of, he was just <laughs> trying to murder the, the mocking like, really? Jays. Same bro. Yeah. It's like really quick. And I was kind of hoping the move, cause I do think there are moments, especially catching fire is, is better, if not much better than the book is. And some of that is like choices that were made to kind of like, hey, maybe we we buff this up a little yeah. bit, make this a little stronger. I was kind of hoping we'd get something here that's a little stronger than it was in the book, and they didn't. It's pretty much straight on what what was in the book. So it's a light criticism, but yeah, it feels like one page, one page in the book. He's like, all right, I'm done. It's time to do some murder. But uh, yeah, so it's a little 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 criticism there. But overall, you're seeing who this person is throughout the course of it, and so it is what it is. Any last thoughts or you guys want to grade this thing and, and weekly recommend it and get on out of here? Let's do it. Let's grade it. All right, Kent, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, I I like this world. I didn't, I didn't think this was a good adaptation of the book. I thought the dialogue was just explaining the plot for two, for two hours. It was dialogue that was in service of the plot instead of serving the plot. If that makes sense. And so yeah. I take a little bit off of that. I'll give it a B plus. I do like this world. Okay. Super fair. Uh, Richard? I'll go a little lower than that. There was some tacky stuff in it, but I, I, I really liked Snow's performance and all of that. So Blythe's performance, whatever. I'm going to go B minus. Okay. A little higher than both of you. It's a weird... <sighs> It's a for me. It's a movie that feels a little greater than the sum of its parts in places. Like I and I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. It is, and then I think about like all the criticism. Like yeah, it is. It is too long. There are some kind of crappy story. You you said would you say cheesy, Richard? I or tacky. Yeah, totally. There's some little notes here and there that don't really work. 
but overall I still feel like it was a strong entry into it. And I ended up just being like, I just liked the movie. Uh, so I'm going to give, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to give it an A minus. It's getting really good. I mean, like it's Rotten Tomatoes was fine, but amongst, uh, amongst the audience and within like our own discord, uh, most of the grades here have been, have been yeah. like three and a half stars and higher. So it's great. It's played well with, uh, with the audience and it's good. You know, let's, <laughs> It's nice to have a movie that actually is sort of successful financially. Yeah. That's good for the Turns industry. Out, uh, just as a whole, I like that. All right, cool. And uh, we'll see what happens with this thing moving forward. Again, I just Googled it. She, at this point, she's saying, Suzanne Collins is saying no no uh, future plans at this point for more books. But, um, you know, beach houses need to be built and stuff. Yeah. So maybe that changes uh, before too long. We'll see. We'll see what comes out of this as we move forward. All right. Uh, before we go, let's do a quick weekly recommend richard i'm gonna go to you first my friend what's your weekly recommend man it's been a it's been a uh a lot you know a content rich fall even even with the strike and everything a lot going on a lot of um a lot of options but uh trying to think i'm trying to decide between a couple books here you know what i'm gonna recommend our excuse me I'm going to recommend a book um, that you, you guys would like, both of you, I think, uh, for different reasons. It is a, a dorky soccer book. But Lars Vertsen, who uh, D- Dallas is owned on radio, uh, our Norwegian soccer expert here in Dallas, wrote um, and is a, a friend. It's the only person I really tweet with a lot. Um, but he wrote uh, the definitive biography of Erling Holland. Um for uh that's actually doing really well and he's 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 listened to mad about movies before so um we've got we've got a friend with a book out so we'll recommend that um it's a really interesting book on not just holland's incredible meteorotic how do you say that whatever crazy rise when he's young uh, he's like a 21 year old soccer phenom but um really the like Norwe- norwegian um sporting culture and kind of actual overall culture that that kind of raised him and it's really really interesting that all that stuff's great and the background all that and then the great background of all the clubs he's played for um moldy and and Borussia dortmund and 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 manchester city is really interesting as well so it's a really well researched great sports biography and we love lars so we ride for lars and i'll recommend that holland by lars severson very nice very nice love that Love to support a friend of the show. Yeah. Um, Richard. No, not Richard. I can go I again. Really. I got, let's see, what else we got? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that was such a good one. Give us another, bud. Um, Kent, what's your weekly, weekly recommend? Yeah, well, definitely a lot more, uh, a lot less um, intellectual than Richard's recommend. But. I wouldn't say. It's a silly <laughs> soccer book, but it's it's done well. Well, it's a book. Yeah, so. Sure. I'm going with a guilty pleasure movie, guys. Have to recommend Good Burger Two. Oh, is it is it nice. out? I want to watch it real bad. It it is out. It's on Paramount, and it's yeah, Paramount Plus. It's uh, definitely like a kids' movie in tone and feel and all that. I mean, it's just like Good Burger, but I uh, gotta admit, it's. Had me smile a couple times. A couple of great, great nostalgic callbacks to the original nineties kids, all that kind of kind of stuff. Sinbad is not in it. I will spoil That's that. A whiff. But there are some great callbacks to the original movie that I will not spoil. But that would have been a great one, Mister Wheat. Uh, yeah, but great to see Kel what's Mitchell the, doing his the, thing, and then Keenan got a. I mean, th- this is it. He's just. Doing good burger no, I mean, stuff no, whenever sorry. they call I'm, him. I meant Sinbad. Like, what's Sinbad? Sinbad? I don't oh. think he's doing well. I feel like yeah. I saw. A, oh, he is the voice. Never believe how bad he Sinbad did, looks. He voices like. the business manager on the phone. I will spoil one cameo for the sake of the podcast because I, I need know, your I, reaction to it. Now. I'm looking at it now. I know exactly what you're going to say. The, the uh, a cameo Mavs from owner? the former Mavs owner yeah. plays a role in the movie. Let's just say that. <laughs> Don Carter, you old. Don Carter, Dang, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> he sold the team to pursue an acting career because I saw his work from Good Burger too, and he's got Entourage, he's got Good Burger too. Like things are things are looking up. 
But yeah, no. If, if you'll only appreciate it if you uh, were a kid and saw the original, I would not recommend this to anyone uh, who has no context. Basically, I, mean, I went out to see my dad in Phoenix when I was when this came out, the first Good Burger, and I, you know, he didn't know what to, to do with me, which is totally understandable. And I was like, "We'll go see Good Burger." So he went and sat through Good Burger as an adult with just me laughing. And then, like three days later, he ran out of ideas and stuff to do with me. So we went and saw Good Burger again. I remember that. That's fun. It's fun times. Um, All right. I'm going to recommend a movie I watched today. I think I'm the first of the three of us to see this. I won't go into into too much depth on the recommend because I imagine we'll do an episode at some point. I watched The Holdovers today, and it it ruled. Alexander Payne's back, baby. Okay, nice. You're sobbing. uh, Add it to the list. Yeah, it definitely made, yeah, it got a it got a tier or three. Uh it's very good. It's very good and has uh three of the better performances I've Can't seen wait. this year. So yeah, you guys will I think you guys will both really dig it. So um and I'm sure usually if you're new to this thing, to this Mad About Movies, this crazy wild ride that is Mad About Movies, uh in January and October or January and October, January, and February, we usually do some like catch up reviews on the movies that are uh Oscar nominated or Oscar contenders and stuff. I imagine holdovers will be yeah. one of those. Well, you'll get episodes on all of them. Yeah. We just, yeah. We, live- we could have that in like a week or two. Cause there's usually kind of some dead zone at the top of yeah. December. So sometimes what? we'll do those there, but movies that are going to be nominated for best actor and best, best actress, best picture, that kind of thing. Usually we'll, we'll do our best to get, we'll get an to episode it. on, on each of those. We can't, we can. They all decide to come out a lot of times on Christmas day here, you know, cause we right. don't get to live in one of the, Big metropolitan areas like your New York, like your LA, like your St. Paul, Minnesotas that get mm-hmm. them all early. So we have to wait till Christmas Day a lot of times to get them. So that's why we'll do them if, you know, we can get our hands on them beforehand because we do like to space them out. But normally we have a, suddenly a list of 14 movies to see. Um, yeah. That's the only thing I like. I hate that the Oscars are in March, but it does help us. Like it would really suck if the Oscars sure. were like, for just it would be better for everyone else because it makes more sense, but it would suck for us if the Oscars were like January eighteenth. Yeah, because we true. have to see. Like, it's time to get our list together, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and like also if you're new to about to this show and everything mad about movies, we usually do our like end of year best and worst, usually the last week of of January because yeah. it takes a while to get caught up on again because we're not like, St. Paul residents. We, have, we don't right. we don't get to be that lucky. If only you know they've they got holdovers like two and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah, they just been sitting on it. Like, when are you guys gonna see? Oh this? gosh, We're real trying. good. You know that Giamatti's great. He's great. I liked him. You know, you ever seen Sideways? You know, I <laughs> yes, I've always yeah. wanted to go to Napa, but it's a little spendy. <laughs> I just offended. That's part of the movie. Was he, he, his character makes a joke about smelling bad. I'm like, ah, he's he's listening yeah, to the show. Good fan it. of the pod, uh, Paul Giamatti. He gets it. Cool. Is there any BDSM right, so, in it or no? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Maybe in the outtakes. I don't right. know. Nice. Um, all right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, well, guess what? We have even more. Go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Sign up for our uh, our VIP content on Patreon, uh, and you'll get an extra episode every single week, a throwback or a retrospective. Sometimes we do fun bonus episodes. Sometimes we do AMAs. Uh, we do all kinds of cool stuff over in uh, the VIP, and there are literally hundreds of episodes at your disposal there and a new one comes out pretty much every single week you also get access to our exclusive discord where you can talk to movie fans like you all over the world uh like all day like all day you can be in conversation with these people uh and they can become your new family you don't have to see your family on thanksgiving you can just talk to all the people in the discord and isn't that really the dream isn't that That what we're all looking for that's the dream. All right. Uh, next week, I don't know. We might do Napoleon. We might do the holdovers. Who knows? Who knows? This is the this is the wild time of year where there's like Richard said, there's 400 movies out, and kind of we never really know what we're gonna do until like three days before we do a movie review. So be on your keep on your toes for that. Uh, the throwback this week in the VIP is Kent and Richard on The Graduate, I believe, as well as uh, a retrospective on the disaster that is John Carter. Very much looking forward to that conversation as well. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you in the same. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. 
but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 